Those Two Jerks is brought to you in part by Maverick Group, Maverick Group Experiential Technology. Need some nerds? Let's build something awesome together. Maverick. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Those Two Jerks, mini-sode number 12. That's right, it's a mini-sode. We cheated you on the count. Ha ha ha. I am your host, the Tom Alexander. <laughs> Joining me as always, the Sussman, Rick Sussman. Hi, Rick. Hi, Tom. You know, you make it really hard for me to like come on. I'm supposed to, you know, wait on it and wait on it, and then and then you do something like, oh, no, now I got to be, you know, jolly the Sussman or you know whatever role I'm playing this week. And then you immediately just just kneecap the listener. I'm like, well, all right, I guess we're doing this. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of my my mo here. I mean, I've been kneecapping you for years now. Well, I mean, you want to see me eye to eye? I get it. I get it. Hey, you know, got to bring everyone down to my level. <laughs> it works for the president. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't even let me get the joke. Nope. What are nope. you? Our top ten list. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wonderful. So yes, this is a mini sode. It is not it does not count toward the uh what is it, ten remaining episodes ten. now? Yes, in the farewell tour. Yes, so we have ten left. Uh it will still be ten after this gets in your ear hole. Um it will still be ten. <laughs> mini sode number twelve. Why? Because Tom did the math and said and realized when he said, Nah, we're gonna get to about the end of the year. He had to work in some mini-sodes. So, <laughs> uh, Florida public schools. Yeah, way to go. I mean, you know, somebody had to do it. Not so good with the maths. Anyway, uh, so yes, yeah, so this mini-sode is going to be... Uh, some some mini-sodes are different. The mini-sodes are always, uh, they're always a little... They're always different than our regular shows. Sometimes they're about one topic. Sometimes... They're a, a, a debate show or a, a, the, the podcast equivalent of a listicle, whatever that is. Um, sometimes they're just short versions of our regular episodes where we talk about current topics. This is more of the listicle slash debate portion because we're going to have two, uh, two segments. Uh, so it's basically a mishmash of all of it. It's, uh, so the first segment will be a sports-related debate slash list. And the second will be a geek-related uh, discussion slash list. So you get a little bit of everything, and hopefully you'll get it in less time than a regular episode. <laughs> but I make no promises. So, Rick, let's get right into it then. And uh, that would be uh, sports. And so the, the debate for this mini-sode is I pose the question, uh, your top five athletes of all time so rick and i will each tell you about our top five and our reasoning behind them and then rick and i will try and come to some accord on a, a mutual top five here i don't know how that's gonna go but we'll see so rick uh start with your number five okay well um as as it is i know i know you've looked at my list i, I didn't i wanted to preface this by saying i don't actually have a specific five four three two one these are just the five best athletes. Uh, when so they're not in any particular order. Not in any particular order, but if you know, gun to my head, I could I could probably make it happen. My my number five, if we're gonna go that, is actually the great Muda. 
Okay, and I've never heard of this person, so please tell me. <clears throat> so the great Muda is a pro wrestler, Japanese pro wrestler. He was okay. the first guy I ever saw do things like a moonsault, and he was known in the 80s and the 90s for having the mist, where he would he would shoot the mist, you know, which turned out to be Kool-Aid. Don't tell anybody I told you that, by the way. That's a trade secret. But <laughs> um, it was it that that was his thing. Now, the reason why he's one of the greatest athletes, et cetera, et cetera, is he went on to have this just epically long career. And I only found out recently he's still wrestling and, you know, he's changed his look up a lot. He's a different person now in, in terms of what he does and how, and it sort of dawned on me as you asked, you know, who's the, who's the guy and all that, who's, who's number one, so to speak, it has to be Muda because I grew up watching him. He was so good and so different. And he was, if you ever watch his matches, he's very fluid and athletic. And his longevity, there aren't too many pro athletes uh, and, and specifically pro wrestlers that I can think of that have endured and survived in any of those words, sadly, for as long as Muda has 30 years, for almost 40 years wrestling. I think he's uh, imagine if Ric Flair wasn't a broken down man. OK. And we only know that Rick is broken down because, well, he's in his late 60s now and he, he doesn't look that great, but he looks pretty good for being in his late 60s and doing a lot of hard drugs. And uh, we're, we're happy to have him around, obviously. But that sort of Muda is, imagine if Ric Flair never got old. Okay. Now, do you want me to keep, you want me to keep going or do you, you know? Uh, well, I'll, we'll, I'll, we'll do my five. I'll do my number five and then um, okay. we can work our way down. So... Um, I, I had trouble with number five because there were a lot of people who came up as I hit the bottom, like getting near that part of my list. So I have an honorable mention and we'll just th I'll throw him out there and I'll tell you who my number five is the honorable mention. And I approached I tried to approach this not from a personal point of view, but more from an academic point of view. So for me, it was the, the major criterion was could you tell the story of this person's sport and not mention them? Like now, so you're gonna say Ali at some point? Got it. Like if you, yeah, if an alien landed on Earth and said, "What is X sport?" Could you explain it to them uh, without without talking about this particular person? So honorable mention for me was Wayne Gretzky, um, international sport, and he is the greatest ever to play it. Uh, and also, his celebrity sort of transcended it. I, uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with it. I'm hip. I'm modern. Ducka, 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 ducka. And then number five, uh, Tiger Woods. Same reason, um, you know, golf is a worldwide sport, and golf was never and will never be the same uh, since Tiger is in it. And this past weekend's uh, victory at the Tour Championship is evidence of that. I can understand that. You, you, went, you went with a much more academia version of things. I, I, I get where you're going here. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I tried to look at it from, from could you tell the story? Yeah, right, right, right. You know, so that's where I uh, My so number four number in that regard, in Kierkegaard, <laughs> uh, is uh, actually uh, Usain Bolt. Um, okay. I have okay. always been a fan of the fastest man alive, whomever that is. Like, the true version of that uh, is usually found at the Olympics. And Usain Bolt is that guy, yeah. um, or at least had been for most of my life. 
Uh, he recently lost that guy abilities, but uh, he's still someone who deserves lots and should have great respects. He is at one point was should be considered any of these things the fastest man on earth, and that will always sort of get me to you know sit up in my seat and take notice. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, I mean he's he's. Like you said, he's at the top of his game. He's internationally known, uh, culturally significant. So I can totally see that. Uh, my number four was Babe Ruth. Oh, no, that's good. That's very good. Yeah. Uh, Babe Ruth, when you think about even whether you're a fan of his team or not or whatever, any list of the greatest baseball players in history has him on it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um. Whether he was the greatest is up for debate for years to come and will never be settled upon. But he uh, changed the sport. The home run was not a big deal before him uh, until he started hitting them at humongous, in humongous numbers. <laughs> and he made baseball America's pastime, without a doubt. Uh, he cemented it as that for generations. Yeah, he made so, you care about baseball, that's for sure. Yeah, and I mean there are there are very very old men that still talk about the time they got to see him play. That should tell you something. Um, all right, tells me less. Tells me more about you know <laughs> that there are still very very old men who think that baseball matters. But that's neither here nor there. That's not what I mean. It's just it's significant memory to them that they just got to see him play. <laughs> not even that he did something amazing. Just that they saw him play, and they still remember it into their 90s. Yeah, all right, fine. I'll give it to you. Uh, all right. All right, so Rick, uh, number three. Uh, number three uh, would be Michael Phelps, the greatest Olympian to ever live. Yeah. I have no <laughs> argument with this. Um, he did not make my – I really don't. I, he did not make my top five, but I could ease, he easily nearly did. Um, it was he was a tough call not to include for that reason. Um, no one has done what he accomplished. Uh, he is the greatest in his sport. He's the greatest in the Olympics. Um, cultural icon, all of the things. So um, I have I have no argument that he uh, deserves a place somewhere in here. Um, like I said, I had trouble. I didn't include him in mine, but I had trouble not. Right. Um, my number three is, uh, and it's the only one you and I had in common. It's Serena Williams. Yeah. Serena Williams, uh, the greatest tennis player ever, period. Male or female. Yes. Period. Yes. End of the story. Yes. She is, she is without a doubt the greatest female tennis player. That is, there's no, you can't argue that. You absolutely cannot argue that. Whether... She is the greatest tennis player, and that doesn't mean, oh, she would beat this man, this man, and this man if they played head-to-head. No, she is the most talented player to play that game. That's it. That's it. She would probably beat most men. She outserves most men. <laughs> um, uh, she is... You cannot tell the story of professional tennis on the planet Earth without talking about Serena Williams. No, I, that... Can't. That there, you can you can keep going and keep going and keep going, but ultimately it's Serena Williams. That is the answer to the question. 
Like you can make an argument for Tiger Woods being the greatest golfer, but you cannot make the same argument. Serena Williams is the greatest tennis player who's ever lived. You could make, oh, well, what about Sampras? Eh, Sampras was really good. Eh, you know, there's a lot of guys who are really good, but no one person into their age that they, you know, having a child and not letting that be a stopping point in your career. Like, <laughs> what do you want? Yeah. What do you want? Yeah. Didn't she win a Grand Slam tournament while pregnant? While pregnant. I mean, she was very early in her pregnancy, but still, her body was beginning to do the thing of, you know, maintaining a human life. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, there's just, there's no, there's no question about it. And then all of the other things, cultural icon, uh, broke barriers for women, female athletes, uh, you know, also a bit of a fashion icon and, and a, right significance off the court outside her sport to people who aren't tennis fans. She is a significant person mm-hmm. um, and worldwide recognition, not just in her country. And, and that's why I, I know she was your number three, but she was my number two. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, there's, there's an argument that you could put her number one. Oh, um, with ease, you know, she, with ease. She could easily what she be has done for her sport is, unparalleled yes and she is not my number one um but i i i have no argument but that's because my number one is very near and dear to me and we'll get to that uh you have a number two to name i do i do my number two is the greatest of all time muhammad ali yeah muhammad ali you again can't tell the story of boxing without talking about muhammad ali he's a significant figure in american history period whether he's an athlete or not, um, he was an international icon uh, and transcended his sport. That's it. That's it. Full stop. Yeah. He, uh, your number two. Uh, Serena Williams. Your number two was Serena. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I, Ali is a really great pick. I will always sort of be indebted to know that I was alive when he was alive. That's kind of a cool thing regardless of the fact that, you know, I didn't get to see him do much of anything except sort of be an ambassador for pro sports. And that was really all he was able to muster uh, by while I was still, you know, while he was still with us. Um, A little sad, I suppose, a little sad uh, that that was the the best he could contribute uh, was to just sort of be this person that uh, is uh, to be lauded, but was never really able to get off, uh, get out there and be more than just lauded because time has ravished his body in the way that it did. Um, and, and his sport, but this leads me kind of interestingly to my number one, uh, my number one, the biggest athlete in the world to me, the most important, the a number one with a bullet is Bo Jackson. Wow. I don't know too many people who would have put him in their top five of all time, but please tell me. Well, for me, it's, it's, it mattered because I saw him at his prime. I was there okay. and I, and, and further, I saw him not be able to succeed because of injury and, and all of the, what could have been's and all of that is it does. It, it weighs heavily on me, honestly. Like I, I look at, at Bo Jackson and I think he could have been something bigger than he, he was. And he was already very much someone of major import to begin with. And on top of all of that, he was a two sport athlete at a time that was 
that was so cool and so novel and so interesting. So you've got this guy who's this amazing baseball player, and you and I both obviously love baseball. And he's also just at the exact same time, potentially the greatest running back in the world, right? Yeah. So not only is he an amazing baseball player for the Kansas City Royals playing one of the hardest positions in baseball, center field, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm, I think he was a corner outfielder, but it doesn't matter. Okay. So if you're an outfielder, that means you have an arm for a cannon, right? Generally speaking. Or a cannon for an arm, pardon me. Um, yes. He also didn't, you know, he bat, he, he, his bat was not to be uh, shied away from. And there's just nothing cooler in my point of view than a guy who on his off season decides to take up professional football. Yeah. Ultimately his demise. Sure. Uh, sure. Injury is injury. I get it. But there, yeah, I mean, the football, the football injury was what, you know, ruined both his careers. Yes, I, I know. I know. But there's just, to me, something very like endearing and very cool about the fact that he decided, yeah, you know, I love baseball, but I could do, I could do something else. I'm going to go play professional football too <laughs> for the Raiders, the coolest team in the nineties. Hmm. It's pretty amazing. So I, I understand if a lot of people don't have him a number one, obviously he wasn't the greatest, but and his career was you know cut very short because of injury. But to me, when I think of, you know, who is the best athlete, who's the greatest athlete, it's Bo Jackson. It's just, it's Bo Jackson. Okay. Uh, most of his games played in left field, actually. Ah, still. But still. Um, okay. So um, my number one, if you've listened to this show for any length of time and re- listened to Rick and I argue uh, about this for any length of time, you should know my number one, it's Michael Jordan. <laughs> it's Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan revolutionized the game of basketball. He's the greatest to ever play it. Mm. He's an international... Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why I didn't put LeBron on my list. International... Well, LeBron doesn't belong in the top five ever oh. of any sport. Oh, this he guy. hasn't... Come on, man. I mean, this really? This guy. This guy. Go ahead. International icon. He was all over every advertisement of everything when he was in his prime. Um... I, this this is what underscores it for me, okay? I had one of those CD-ROM encyclopedias as a kid in the 90s, mm-hmm. and it was like num- it was like the 1995 edition, let's say. So it was while Jordan was retired. Mm-hmm. And they like the timeline it had a timeline of events that were contained in the encyclopedia, and the most recent historical event on the timeline in the encyclopedia was Michael Jordan retiring from basketball? Eh. <laughs> eh. <clears throat> nice. Eh. He was really good. He was really, really oh, good. God. He was one of the oh, best God. of all time, without question. He's no LeBron James. That's that's ridiculous. LeBron James is not even the best on the best team in his division right now. Well, that's because there's seven all-stars on one team now. So, but I'm just saying like, like, okay. So like example, when Gretzky got traded from Edmonton to LA, Mm -hmm. it immediately made LA a contender. LeBron 
goes to the Lakers, and they're not a contender, even still. That's not his fault. It's not his fault, Tom. Tom, it's not his fault. You know what? Before we do another LeBron versus Michael rant here, because God knows we've done enough of them. We have. We have. I think All there right. is one concession that we need to make between the two of us here. There, There is, is only one name that we both agree on. Sure. And she was way up on the list. True. I, I think that means that we can agree that, you know, push comes to shove. Serena Williams is the greatest athlete of all time. Uh, according to those two jerks, I guess so. I guess so. I mean, I can't, I can't argue with the logic there. You know, I mean, I, if you want to assess, if you want to assign a point value to these five spots as we voted them, she's the t she's the highest point getter. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I mean, I can't argue that. So, I guess we have our number one. Well, and, we, and what's really interesting is you set no parameters for this. That's why you know I threw in a wrestler, right. I threw I, in an I, Olympian. I threw, I threw examples of criteria you could use, but I was like, you use whatever you want. It wasn't, uh, you know, this is what you, the rubric. Right. And I, and I think that's important because what we both settled on in our own time, in our own way was it, it, the, in the top three of both of ours and almost yeah. number one, if we really focused on it was Serena Williams. So yeah. that has to mean that ultimately she is number one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't take it to mean anything. But we independently came to that conclusion, using using completely different criteria. Right. So no matter what we did, no matter how we did it, we both confirmed that Serena Williams is a top five, and in our combined list, a top three. So yeah. that kind of puts the nail in the coffin, so to speak. That's it. I would say so. It's pretty cool. I would say so. It is pretty cool. Look at us all evolve. Yeah, well, don't tell anybody. I got a reputation to maintain. <laughs> That's true. We do. Um, all right, so let's try and try and come to some agreement on the rest of this list. Okay, okay. Um, all right, convince me, convince me why Jordan doesn't belong in the on this top five. So Jordan doesn't belong in the top. See, I can't convince you of that because your criteria makes perfect sense. Um, ah, wait, wait, can you repeat that for the folks in the back? Yes. Yes. The way that you were looking for an answer makes perfect sense as to why Jordan would be number one or therein. If you are going for, how do I tell the story of sport X or sport Y? Um, I can't without first naming uh, someone who I could, you know, tell an alien, this guy's super important. Trust me. Here's the reason. And the reason is because Michael Jordan kind of finds the era. Um, I don't necessarily agree that he's number one or anything like that. But if you were to look at someone, what is basketball? Michael Jordan. That's an answer. That's an easy answer. That's that's an answer that anyone would give. You know, explain to me what basketball is. Well, first, I got to tell you who Michael Jordan is. It's pretty fair. Yeah. So yeah, that was I guess I approached it. So the better, why do you, why is he not in yours? He's not in mine because honestly, honestly, because I feel that there is a better Michael Jordan currently available and that's LeBron James. 
I feel it, it, both to their detriment, to both of their detriment, that the um, the the sport isn't finished being evolving. Sure, I I think that basketball has a lot more evolution left in it, and right now you have a guy currently playing who may, in fact, over time, maybe not right now, but over time, may eclipse the guy that you're saying is the guy. Will you give me that? I would say it's a possibility. I don't think it's likely, but it's a possibility. But you I, you can't make... But I don't think I, I don't think it's likely not for any knock on LeBron. Well, I, think, I don't think it's as likely because when Jordan played, there were a lot fewer things competing for people's attention. No, 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 no. That's 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 since LeBron. Played. That's not necessarily that's what I mean, though. So, like, um, okay, Tiger Woods. Who's better than Tiger Woods? Uh, I mean, right now, yeah. several people. Well, who's going to have a bigger impact of those people than Tiger Woods? Nobody. Right. Nobody. No one before or since has had a bigger impact on golf. So, same reasoning for Michael Jordan. Sure. But you tell me, um, you know, your, your biggest problem with my list is that Bo Jackson is number one. What? Why? Well, because Bo Jackson only played eight years in Major League Baseball. He's not even in the Hall of Fame in either of the sports he played in. He was a cultural icon at the time, but most people who are fans of both baseball and football now don't even remember him. Is that fair? I mean, yeah, it's fair. It's objective. Now, if you were a kid when he played, as we were, mm -hmm. he's iconic to you because his posters were everywhere. He had a cartoon on television. <laughs> he was everything. He had a cartoon on television, by the way, with two of the guys from my list. <laughs> but you, the question isn't, who is the has the most rings? Who is the most prolific? Who is the biggest star? It's athlete. Outside yeah. outside of Deion so Sanders, by that, and Deion wasn't even a very good baseball player. No, he, he wasn't. Can't even really, he wasn't. He was terrible at baseball. How many two sport was good at both? How many two sport athletes can you name? Brian Jordan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sure there are others. <laughs> I mean, there are plenty of others. Chris Winkie. Uh, not helping yourself. <laughs> no, I'm not helping myself. Look, of all of them, Bo is the best. Of the two sport athletes, the two pro sport athletes, Bo is the best. Right. Could he, if, if his career was not cut short due to injury, could he have been a Hall of Famer in both sports? Uh, potentially potentially yeah, yes potentially. yes right but that's but that's the thing it's not where it, the world doesn't exist and could have been i understand i totally understand i have no argument i'm simply telling you how i got to the conclusion that i did exactly right i mean you use the term athlete pretty literally and went by talent so like because if you look at your list like with the exception of great muda you picked people who are uniquely gifted and then, and then there, you don't know much about Muda, and I, yeah, I know that was a, a big name uh, at the time. I expected us to have a third, 
uh, option here. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was sort of yeah. just leaving that in for, you know, the nerd fans to go, Oh yeah, Muda. But if you were to watch him, if you were to honestly like sit down and give him a, a whirl, I think you would understand where I'm coming from. I, 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 I have no doubt because you are the expert on wrestling and I am not that he is more significant to that sport form of entertainment form of entertainment. That's fine. I'll go with that. Uh, than anyone whose name I could readily like mention. There are better. Like, there are better. Don't get me wrong. There are better. But... Absolutely. But that's in wrestling. That's not what makes you great. Right. Because if you look at like, some of the greatest athletic wrestlers, technical wrestlers, are not well-known people. Hulk Hogan is in the United States the most well-known professional wrestler, uh, and then The Rock, and neither of those guys is, like, the best ever physically at it, right? Right. In, in fact... But they are but they're considered the, the icons of the sport. Yes. So, um, so I get what you're saying. I absolutely understand what you're saying. Um, and I, I'm sure if I saw him, I would have an appreciation for the way the great Muda did it. Um, he's just not known very well outside of fans of his particular. It's, it is very niche for sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's, that's the only argument I would make for keeping him out of the top five. And, and, and the other four on your list are, otherworldly talents athletically right like once in a generation type of people so what do you got against uh, michael phelps how come he didn't make your list my and like i said michael phelps almost did um michael phelps didn't make my list because i felt like the others that i mentioned uh were more iconic that that because i i look at it okay who was the best Olympian before Michael Phelps. It was Mark Spitz, right? Yes. Okay. Well, Mark Spitz was done die swimming by the time you and I were old enough to be aware of the Olympics. Fair. Right? Fair. Okay. So I barely knew who Mark Spitz was <laughs> until Michael Phelps started becoming, breaking all of his records. And then people were like, oh, he's breaking the records of this guy. And then I learned about who Mark Spitz was. And I, unfortunately, and I, I feel like this for any Olympian, I feel like this about Usain Bolt, too, because as soon as Usain Bolt became the fastest man alive, everyone forgot about Michael Johnson yep. and everyone else on and on and on down the line who came before them. And that's the thing with the Olympics, because you don't, it's not on every single day. Uh, you know, we only see it every four years. And it's, these these people tend to fade away over time because someone else comes along and breaks their record and you know, they've only competed in their sport at that level. Maybe one time, mm -hmm. maybe, you know, Phelps was in several Olympiads, but you know, some of these guys, they only compete once. So, um, to me, you know, I tried to look at it from who is going to be remembered gener a generation or two generations from now or from when they were popular as still being one of the giants of their, game and i just i feel like with michael phelps it's like someone's gonna come along and break those records you would eventually. you would think uh, i i suspect they will stand for a and exorbitant a long time but and they they very well may but he's not gonna he's done swimming right so even the next olympics come around he's not gonna be there for new fans to see and recognize his talent so he's gonna be 
forgotten, unfortunately. Yeah, and so it goes. Right. I mean, that's that's sort of the nature of of being an Olympic athlete. You know, and it's tough because, you know, Usain Bolt, same thing. I mean, the records he set are unbelievable. You know, and, and when I was discussing this with my wife as I was putting my list together, she mentioned Flojo. Yeah, Flojo. That's a good point. Right. And a lot of Flojo's records have been broken and people, you know, she passed away too young. So it's not even like you see her lighting the Olympic torch or doing any of the things that the, the ambassadors of the game do later on after they've retired. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, she's unfortunately forgotten, uh, you know, deservedly or not. It's just happened. Um, and that's, you know, kind of the nature of it. You know, I felt like with, you know, ba I mean, Babe Ruth has, has been dead for almost 100 years. <laughs> and people still talk about him, you know, and Tiger Woods is going to be the same thing. Tiger Woods is going to be an old, old man, not even playing on the senior tour anymore. And they're still going to be showing that video of him getting the green jacket at the Masters the first time. It's one of those things. Yeah. So that was why Phelps didn't make my top five, because I just felt like these people would be remembered for longer. Um, More remembered. against his... Uh, yeah, I mean, and like I said, athletically, if you're just taking athlete as a the definition of the term, pure athlete, yeah, he might belong there. In terms of his, you know, his athletic talent, his ability. You know, I, I mean, I would, I would put him up against any of the people I picked athletically. Shit, Babe Ruth. It wasn't very athletically gifted. Whoa, Tom, that is incredibly he could hit a baseball real far. That is but, incredibly I mean, accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when he was young and he was still pitching and stuff, different. But like most of the time. So actually, hang on. You mentioned something interesting there. Um, yeah. You mentioned when he was still pitching. Uh -huh. Nobody knows that he was actually a pitcher. Well, that's the thing, people. That's that's the little known uh, to the general public, little known thing about him is that he was an incredibly dominant pitcher before they started letting him hit full time, and he became, for many many years, the greatest home run hitter of all time. Yeah, no, I I, I know, but it is important to mention that you know there is a little bit of no, not so much in your in your theorem. Only that, only that. People don't even know what his greatest accomplishments were. Right, and and I, to be honest, I was iffy about putting him in the top five for some of that was part of the reason. Yeah. The other part was, you know, I mean, his records have all been broken, for the most part. Um, a kid today, maybe learning about baseball, may not have to learn about Babe Ruth necessarily. They're gonna ask about. Hank Aaron and Willie Mays, probably, and Barry Bonds. But what of Willie Mays Hayes? Uh, Willie Mays Hayes. Stole 100 bases in 1989. Play like Mays, run like Hayes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he didn't even, wasn't even invited to speak. <laughs> An amazing story, really. Yeah, they cut him before, the, before they even started, is what I was told. Yeah. Yeah, and then in his bare feet, he beat everybody in the sixty-yard dash. Unbelievable! Un what, what a what a what a character that guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> After he made that stupid movie, though, he was oh, God. really. We're just gonna keep doing yeah, it. That Jesse Ventura movie. Oh, this is Ventura, of course. He was awful. Uh, oh. You would you would swear anyway. he was a completely different person in the in the second he, the second season know, with the. 
It was really strange. <laughs> he looks so lost a lot of weight. Just looks so different. Almost like Michael Jackson after that Pepsi commercial <laughs> that went horribly wrong. Like uh, maybe he was replaced by an alien. Omar Epps is not an alien. <laughs> it is a fair statement. <laughs> what are we doing? We're falling down another we, rabbit. This hole. is why we're not allowed to have time. Like you know, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah, we can't. We just this is. This is why we need to be done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's, uh, all right, let's, let's try and in the interest of brevity here, let's try and come up with a consensus top three. We've got Serena at number one. Yes. Um, I don't see any problem with putting Michael Phelps somewhere in there. He was somebody that you were going to add. Yeah. So he's yeah, he was very close. maybe he's six so, on your list. Okay. And yeah, he's you yeah, know maybe you could argue that. Sure. So he got real close on both. He got real close on yours, and he was on mine. He was in yours, so he should probably be number two. Right. I can see that. And then for number for number three, I'm actually going to just concede one one point here. It's Muhammad Ali. Yeah. I'm not gonna argue. I'm not going to argue. Uh, it would be, you would be hard pressed to uh, to find a more fitting candidate. Uh, there's the, the way you the way you 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 know you you said it with who could we who could we name that defines their sport? Who is so integral? Who is who is the fabric of that sport? Muhammad Ali. That's the answer. So yeah, that's where I'm going. I would say he's number right. three. So there's our consensus top three. Our consensus top three are Serena Williams, Michael Phelps, and Muhammad Ali. All right, so let's move on. This is going to be a little more uh, subjective portions. This is uh, to the to the. I guess we'll call this the geek stuff nerd <laughs> part of this uh, mini sode. So, uh, given that we talk about movies most of the time on here, um, top five movies of all time. Now the criteria I. I set out for this, and I didn't really. They were. It was wasn't hard and fast either. Um, oh, it was just kind of all of your all of yours just showed up on my list. By the way. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. So it was very loose. It was. I. I wanted. I wanted. Part of my goal in this, and we're not going to try and come to a consensus on this. We'll just discuss our choices. Um, part of my reasoning for doing this segment was so that maybe you guys at home or in your cars or wherever you are could get a little glimpse into like our personalities or these sorts of things that shaped us. If you haven't heard enough horrible, horrible poop and child stories from all of us <laughs> to get to know us. Um, uh, so that was part of it. So sometimes some, I would imagine uh, some of the picks on these lists are going to be personal. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe not something one considers the best or in the top, the five best films of all time, but, but your top five, your personal top five. Right. Um, was kind of what I was doing. So Rick, uh, I'll. Uh... Well, no, I let you start the athletes one. I'll start this. Okay. One. Uh, so number five for me uh, is Superman, the original Christopher Reeve Superman. Um, no, I do not think it is one of the five best movies ever made. <laughs> if you've heard our best superhero film discussion, I don't even think it's one of the. Th it's the best superhero film ever made. Um, no, that goes to Deadpool. Uh, <laughs> and now Deadpool 2, maybe even better than the first. 
it, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know if it makes it the best superhero film, though, because it doesn't do the, you know, origin thing. For me, it's got to have the origin. No. But anyway, uh, we digress. Superman the movie, when I saw it, and it was already many years old when I saw it as a child, it changed my fucking life. That's it. It changed my... I was different. After that point, I was different. I was obsessed with Superman and superheroes from that point on, and and even movie making uh, to an extent. From that point on, my life changed. Um, and I cannot tell you how many times I've watched that movie... And it, with all its flaws and its warts and all of those things, I still get goosebumps every time I fucking watch it. <laughs> well, I just I can't help myself. Good, good for you. I, I I could I could poo on this as much as I want, but really, what's the point in that? And right, I mean that's the thing. It's a personal choice. I'm I'm probably gonna gonna poo on a couple of your choices here. Looking at the there's list. no reason. They're all fantastic choices. <laughs> so with that said. <laughs> What is your number five? Uh, my number five is The Fifth Element. The ultimate popcorn flick. There is none better. Literally none better. I can watch this movie anytime, anywhere, period. If it is on a plane, I will watch it. If it is on, on TBS, I will watch it. I don't care what happens and how I got there. If The Fifth Element is playing, I am going to watch it. I can't even explain outside of I just can't help myself. I have to watch this movie. It's just it's that good to me. It's so fun and it's so ridiculous and it's so zany and it's so over the top. I love every minute of it and I have watched it more times than I care to admit. Well, I don't even I've watched it a thousand times. I don't give a damn. (laughs) It's not a good movie. It's just a damn fun one. And you know what? It is a little good. The story's. Yeah, it's, I wouldn't say it's a bad movie. Oh, it's not. It's not a life changing movie. It's not a. No, it's not a sit no, up and it's a, not a film. It's not. Yeah, it's not a film. It's not a film. Is no, no, it is no film. But it's, it's fun and it makes me happy every time I watch it. You can't. I mean, can you ask for much more? I I could, but I am a bastard. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, ultimately, that's what movies are about, right? You would you think. get right down to it. You would think. So, yes, uh, for for reasons that I have just named, it, it for me, the fifth best movie ever is uh, The Fifth Element. And now reading that aloud, <laughs> I have sort of yeah. inadvertently done that. That was not intentional. That was not intentional. <laughs> sure it was. I would, I, I, would great, I would gladly admit if it was. I mean, seriously, Tom. Would I not admit it? Yeah, you probably All would. Right, Dick. <laughs> well, so do you want me to go number four or do you want to do one? Yeah, go All ahead. Right. No, go ahead. Uh, for number four, number four? Uh, this should come as literally no surprise to anyone. Um, it was going to be on my list. It kind of has to be on my list. The amount of bluster and uh, fellatio that I gave unto it, it better be on my list. The Dark Knight. Yeah, I'm actually surprised it wasn't higher, to be honest with you. Well, I, maybe the... I just knowing you the way I know you, I was just surprised it wasn't. Maybe the conversation that we had about it changed my mind and forced my hand in ways that I care not to admit. How about that? Ooh, are you are you serious? Eh, it's hard to keep that, that... I mean, that is... 
that is a very real situation that fell and a very true understanding has to be you have to accept certain things in order to say that it's the greatest comic book movie ever made. And the conversation that we had forced me to realize that. So I was like, all right, well, maybe it's not the greatest, but for me, it sure as hell is one of the top five. And, and I, I mean, I can't fault that choice. It's one of my favorites. It's, it's a movie that I watch. If I catch it on TV, I will likely watch at least a half an hour of it, if not the whole thing from wherever point it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it is that good. I mean, I saw it twice in the theater the day it opened. I went twice in the same day. Um, so, I mean, my love for that movie is, is uh, not equal to yours. But uh, it is it is great. However, it did not make my top five. Um, my number four is E.T. Gross. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Gross. No. All right. So so there are there are some like academic reasons for this in that. Was nominated for awards. It made a whole lot of money. Many people love it, blah, blah, blah. But for me, it, it is my literally my first memory. The earliest memory I have is of my father carrying me out of the movie theater after seeing E.T. I cannot go any farther back than that. It is, I am, at that time, probably two. (laughs) And that's, I've only figured out that I'm that young based on when the movie was released in theaters. Because it was released the year I was born, but then re-released two years later. Um, So that had to have been when they took me, because I doubt I remembered seeing it as an infant, a newborn. <laughs> I doubt I have that good of a memory. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's that it's just, it's, it's indelible. It is. I, it's just part of me. So that's why it made it into my top five. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, as much shit as I'm trying to give you for this and trust me that I I'm really trying, uh, you know what movie that is for me that, that the, the same conversation it's it, what? space camp. Ah, I loved Space Camp as a kid. <laughs> Don't watch it now. No, 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 Don't no. Never, never again. Never again. But Don't watch it now, especially because, you know, Max is the Joker now. But. Huh? Oh, oh. Joaquin oh. Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Dude, do you want to know? I mean, honestly, when was the last time you watched Space Camp? It's been some years. All right. So when do you think was the last time I watched Space Camp? Probably longer than that. Like three weeks at least. <laughs> it is available on Blu-ray. No, God, it should never have been. Um, okay. Uh, your, let's see. You, you, okay, so number you're three. next. You're next. Yeah, so number three is Back to the Future. The original Back to the Future. I'm surprised um, this is not higher on your list, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I love this movie. Um, it is something that I've loved since I was a little kid. Um, it's something that my wife also loves. It was one of the things that we sort of connected on when we first started dating. There's literally tons of Back to the Future shit in our house. Um, yeah, I still remember. I still me, remember when you got that hoverboard and you were oh, pissed. Fucking hoverboard! Don't even start. <laughs> that thing's still in my closet. <laughs> I knew. I knew it would be with you forever. You can't just throw <laughs> it away, <laughs> dude. You know how expensive that was. I'm not throwing it away. You throw it away. <laughs> I mean, I might try and sell it, but I ain't throwing it away. You should throw that away. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. 
anyway. Rick forced me to digress. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry. Um, no, for me, uh, it's also just it's something that I go back to and watch a lot as a writer or somebody who wants to write movies because the script for that movie, and if you look at it just simply from a story standpoint, um, that script is nearly perfect. Everything that is set up in that script is paid off. Yeah. That movie leaves literally no loose ends. It could easily have been a self-contained film. It made so much money they made more, uh, but it it does not need to be improved upon. It stands alone and and leaves you with no questions at the end, just complete satisfaction in the story coming to its natural conclusion. Um, so that's it's something that I just go back to over and over and over again. Um, unrelated, but only very, mm-hmm. but only only mildly. Um, I was skimming through the channels uh, on the PlayStation View there, and uh-huh. I saw a movie that uh, was uh, available, uh, you know, to watch, <laughs> as some of them are. And it was a million ways to die in the West or whatever it's called. And, oh, that Seth MacFarlane movie. Yeah, and I just happened to stumble in to the scene featuring uh, uh, Doc, where yes. and, and and I went, oh, that's funny, what a great cameo. And then in the same breath, I went, this is stupid. <laughs> yeah, that movie. I when I read the script for that movie, I literally laughed out loud. And I don't do that a lot when I read scripts, but it was the most hyster- one of the most hysterical scripts I've ever read. And I watched the movie, and the movie was basically the version of the script that I read, and the movie did not make me laugh. (laughs) I don't know if that is because Seth MacFarlane just isn't that good of an actor. Like, he's not good at delivering his own material very well, Mm -hmm. which is odd because he fucking does it every week on television. Um, There was just something off. The movie just was not nearly as funny as it was on paper. Anyway, Rick... Yes. Your number two. Uh, number three. Number three. Or number three. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, your number three. No problem. Um, my number three was a, a revelation for me personally, a movie that I, up until I saw this movie, I didn't know that films could do things like this. Not really. Not truly. And for me, that movie, uh, as it, as you may or may not know, or as you might find it hard to believe, uh, is actually Fight Club. Um that move fight club taught me that films can make you very introspective. You have to, you have to learn about yourself sometimes when you're watching a movie, a movie can do that. Art can do that. And as much as I love cinema and as much as I love films up until that moment, movies to me were just, you know, something to kill time. Sometimes I really liked it. Sometimes I was eh, whatever, but it was so important uh, to me to understand what was happening and why it was happening. And there was no one to really point fingers at except for myself. Like you should be aware of this, Rick, you should be. And I had never experienced that in a film before. So fight club was quite an important movie to me. And on top of that, it's, you know, it's a good story. I this isn't in my top five, but I love this movie. Love Fincher. Um, I, I think it's one of those movies that becomes more and more culturally significant the further away we get from it, uh, especially like the way society is now. Um, and also, 
it's interesting to see how people interpret that movie because the movie is about right. sort of toxic masculinity, which is something that only in recent years has become like a really well-known term. Um, right. But a lot of people look at it as sort of a celebration of masculinity and aggression. So it's kind of interesting when you talk to somebody who loves that movie and find out why they love it. It tells you a lot about a person. Yeah, they're going to love it for one of two reasons, either the right one or the terribly, terribly wrong. One. Right, right. Exactly. That's the thing. Like, did you get it? Like, there are some people who just don't get it. And there it, there are several movies like that, a lot of movies like that. Um, but this is one that that uh, absolutely, like, goes over so many people's heads. And yeah. When you realize that Chuck Palahniuk, who wrote the book, is gay yes then sort of all falls into place yes exactly and but if you don't know that then obviously you may interpret it the other way yes it is it is it's also that that's part of the reason why i love it so much is that you know it's such a maga hat story these days well that's the thing yeah that's that's kind of the thing is it's like um i could absolutely see how maga boy would really dig that movie for all the wrong reasons and yeah without any say wrong all the unintended reasons. Yeah, all the reasons that only make sense to him. Yeah. The rest yeah, of us like, are all going, no, this is really what's happening. No, 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 no. That's not right. it. No, 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 no. It's very similar to uh, the way people view the end of Return of the Jedi, which we've talked about on this show. <laughs> you mean The Last Jedi or The Return of the Jedi? No, Return of the Jedi. Oh, okay, well, fair enough. Which informs their opinion of The Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Rick, you're number two. Um, you sure you don't want to give your number two? No, you can go ahead and do yours and I'll do mine after that. Okay. So, um, my number two, the second most important movie in my life, uh, is actually the matrix. Um, much like with fight club, how I never knew a film could make me introspective with the matrix. I never knew that a film could blend philosophy. The idea of making a movie that is, as much about philosophy as it is about kick-ass action sequences. Mm -hmm. um, and it was so, such, a, again, a revelation. It was a revelation for a lot of people, honestly, because nobody had ever seen a movie like The Matrix before, I guess, ever. Um, so it was a big deal for pretty much everybody involved. But for me in particular, I, I can watch The Matrix every single day. I can watch it forever. It, it, it makes me it makes me sit up and take notice. Like I'm one of the few people who thinks that the entire trilogy is perfect because I've deconstructed it from top to bottom. And whereas I understand that most people hate the trilogy or think that's two and three are really bad, or they remove parts of the goodness of from one. I look at it as one complete thing. The matrix to me is not the matrix, the matrix reloaded, the matrix revolutions. The matrix to me is all three movies, the prequel comic, enter the matrix, all of it all of it at one story. It's one big story and it blends philosophy into action. And if I was a better MMA fighter and I'm not, that would be a perfect definition of me, philosophy and fighting. Okay. That's a pretty solid argument. Thank you. I thought for sure you were going to laugh in my face. No, man, look, I love the first one. I did not like the second one, and I hated it so much I refused to see the third one. Um, <laughs> There's a I lot just, of bad. There's a lot I, of bad in the third there one. There is, and, and, and I think it's one of those examples of uh, 
filmmakers maybe buying into their own hype a little bit. I felt like the second one was self-important, but the first one was, it changed every action movie that came after it in the United States. I mean, Hong Kong had been doing that shit for a long time, but in the U.S. See, also The Raid. Yeah, I mean, every every mainstream action movie that came after The Matrix was influenced by The Matrix. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, Bullet Time was a whole revelation right, into itself. Exactly. And, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a really good movie. I like the movie a lot. Um, and it's interesting now, I've been reading, like, bits and pieces of, there are a lot of um, critics that are analyzing, going back and reanalyzing that trilogy now, through the prism of it being written by two transgender women. At, because at the time, the Wachowskis were men. And oh, I didn't, I didn't know the other Wachowski had both, started transitioning. They both transitioned now. I didn't know yes. that. I, was, I, I knew that one of the brothers yes, had very yes. famously. I, I, yeah, huh. the, the uh, one who was born, uh, Larry, is now Lana. And uh, the one born Andy, I cannot remember her name now. But they have both transitioned. Huh. And so when you watch it, through that, from through that lens, that these are two right. people, women trapped in men's bodies that are, are talking about philosophy and getting out of the machine and all of these things, um, it takes on a different meaning. Um, That's very cool. Yeah. I was not aware of yeah. that. I learned something. Yeah, so it's, it's, there's, there are a lot of, um, it's being studied by a lot of cultural critics and sociologists now looking at it from that angle, that perspective. Um, all right, so my number two, um, and Rick may fight me on this. Is Casablanca? Well, no, that you're right. It is the second greatest oh, movie Jesus ever made. You're absolutely right. up, fucking Christ. <laughs> you're absolutely right. No, you're you're 100 correct. All right. So, yes, <laughs> and as a film professor once told me in college, a lot of people will tell you that <laughs> movie that is Rick's number one is the greatest movie <laughs> ever made. And as my film professor said, I think blah 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 director cobbled a great film out of his ass by using stock footage and leftover props <laughs> and leftover sets and xyz now the movie that is my number two is from that same era is much more entertaining i think than rick's number one um, also was a great film cobbled together out of someone's ass there are so many writers on this movie that were fired. <laughs> the story and doesn't even make it sense barely, when you really it, think. It just barely makes any semblance of sense. <laughs> There's no reason for anyone to be. In, all right, go ahead. It's, I'll, I'll, it's I'll Casablanca. It's Casablanca, and it's. I felt like I had to put a, a film on a here film, somewhere. A true film. Um, and and of the films <laughs> that uh, I I watched in my film classes in college. Um, this I felt was the most entertaining. It is the one I still go back to and rewatch from time to time. Um, it is iconic culturally. Uh, there are so people who don't even have never seen the movie quote it and don't even know they're quoting it. Um, we'll always have Paris is from that. Play it again, Sam. Even though they don't say it in the movie. Say it, yeah, yeah. That's from that movie. Um, it's shit. They play as time goes by before the Warner Brothers title card, before every Warner Brothers movie, that's what they play, is the song from Casablanca. Um, so it's culturally iconic and significant, and it's entertaining. Yes. So for that, yes. I put it ahead of the movie that Rick has number, as number one. Uh, so yeah. that being said, let's go ahead and talk about your number one, Rick. Oh, oh man. All right. Well, as you mentioned, 
this is the movie that is considered by most film scholars who are smart to be the, <laughs> hmm. to be the most important and greatest film ever made. And it is, in fact, Citizen Kane. And now, on, to on top of it being so great and so wonderful, it is now, uh, I guess, in many ways, uh, become um, po prophetic. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a whole separate discussion, I think. But, uh, but so, why is it your personal number one, though? Okay, so it is my personal number one because it got me started on film, on, on the idea of film as art. Now, we don't really talk about this that much, but as you know, Tom, for me, I wanted to be a film critic. I wanted to be uh, a film journalist. Uh, that was a goal of mine going into college, and uh, it never really panned out for any number of reasons, but I wanted that opportunity, and it just never worked. Um, the reason, because I once watched the AFI's top 100 films of all time. This was going into the year 2000. Yep. Um, and uh, it came out and it was, oh, the AFI, very important. Um, and it was. But the number one movie was, well, Citizen Kane. So I watched it and it blew my goddamn mind. <laughs> I had never seen anything like it before. I doubt I will see anything quite of its caliber ever again. It is to me the perfect film. Um, it makes you it makes you s s take notice. It does not shy away from what it is. It has no problem explaining to you how important it is. It it plays upon itself its own importance in a way that makes most people very annoyed with it, and for good reason. And for all of those reasons and more, I love it. I love every second of it. <laughs> and I will tell you, I love it too. Uh, it's just, to me, it is not as entertaining, so I don't go back to it very often. Um, but it is great. Um, so that being said, uh, we'll move into my number one. And my number one, uh, I thought long and hard about this, and I, for my number one, I didn't choose my favorite movie, and I didn't even choose a movie that I thought was the greatest ever made, although I think it's close. Um, I picked a movie that was... Not just a cultural touchstone, but it's just, and it set off an atomic bomb in movie making and it influenced literally everything that came after and continues to, to this day. And it's Star Wars. And I will forever call the first one Star Wars, because that's what it's fucking called. It's not called A New Hope. They made that later. They made that up later, I should say. It's Star Wars. That's what we knew it as. It's what it was released as. Star Wars is my number one. It influenced now going on two generations of filmmakers um, and you can see it all over. I mean, watch any studio movie made in the last 40 years and you will see some influences from star Wars in there. Um, you know, it uses the Joseph Campbell hero's journey, mythological structure that has been in part of storytelling for thousands of years, um, which is part of the reason why it has survived. I think this long and has become so beloved. Um, it not only changed movies, but it changed the way the toy industry operates after mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's when you it changed everything. It, it changed everything. You can it, it changed, changed comic books. Entire world. 
the whole world changed after that movie came out. Absolutely. And it is so rare for a movie to do that. No, absolutely. I mean, most of the movies that I mentioned are movies that changed the world uh, for me, the world according to Rick. Rick. Your world. And that's for right. mine and mine too. But this one changed the whole the world. The world. The world. The actual world. Yes. No, I, I agree. Uh, there, there is a, a, a lot to be said about the importance of Star Wars. There is a lot that you can't shy away from it's so important and it's so critical so yeah man i i get it i i also disagree with you very heavily because ultimately the story is just the hero's journey and it's not that good but no but, but it's well it's well done i mean it's, it's well a well done. done version of it. it's well done yes um it's well done and as much as i would love to you know go further and further and further into why it's bad Eventually, it just becomes me just being, uh, you know, bullheaded for the sake of bullheadedness, because you can't argue if, if my whole point is that the Marvel movies are very good and that and people pay money for them, then I really can't say shit about Star Wars. Now, can no, I? Because people have paid more money for Star Wars than almost anything. Oh, interesting side note. I forgot to mention this the other day, but you'll appreciate this. I was I did the slinky ride Toy Story. You did. I have I not did. gotten on that yet. How did you? You need it? to, and you need to in a hurry. Okay. Why is it going to break or something? No. Well, I mean, I wrote it, so no. Um, <laughs> when you go over the first major right-hand bank, uh -huh. so you first major uh, left. I'm sorry, left. So you you turn back into the park, basically. Uh -huh. You look out into the distance, and you can see them building Star Wars. Land. Oh yeah. Yeah, you can get a nice view of it from that whole area from Toy Story Land. Like, you can yeah, see the well, tops, but when you get up that high, you can see most of it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. I will. I do need to ride it. It's been uh, not easy to get a fast pass for that ride, and I'm not waiting for three hours. Yeah, we, uh, we had to, like, get a fast pass and come back, like, an hour and a half later. Yeah. You had to get there, like, ten. Yeah. Yeah, so we just we haven't gotten around to it. I was at Hollywood Studios twice in the last four days, also, but didn't uh, didn't get on it. But uh, I'll have to do that. So yeah, so there you have it. There's our our top five Rick Rick's top five movies and my top five movies. Uh, we're not going to argue where what goes where because this well, these lists are so personal that um, okay, but it would be difficult. But can we can we can can we make a consensus of anything? I here's the thing. I think with with art, it's mm. because art is so subjective. You have to have a set criteria before you can come to a consensus on what it is. You know what I mean? Like if you're looking at, if you're simply judging the top five films on artistic merit, that is going to look completely different than your five favorite films, and it's going right. to look completely different from the five highest grossing films. And it's going to look completely different from the five best, whatever that means, films. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. So without setting, without setting a common criteria, it would be difficult, I think. But, yeah, there are probably some that we could agree on. Um, I would say we can agree Citizen Kane belongs in the top five somewhere. Say the top of it. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't, but I wouldn't because I think while Star Wars isn't the 
better artistic movie. It had more of a cultural impact. So I would I would put Star Wars ahead of Citizen Kane. They're probably one and two. Um, that's me. Um, okay. You know, there's there's a movie that's not on either of our lists that you know is on most critics top five lists of all time, and that's The Godfather. Oh man, that movie's boring. I mean, and and I feel that way a little bit about it too. <laughs> I have never seen the other two. Um, so, you know, I haven't seen the whole story, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well. Judge it. Um, you know, but that's another one that's, that's on a lot of people's top five lists. There are people who think 2001 A Space Odyssey would belong there. No, and no, and I'm a big Kubrick guy. So. You are wrong if you think that. Yeah, I don't God, think you so. are wrong. It's a really cool movie. It's interesting, and it's different, and it broke a lot of ground, but it, it's not one of the five best films ever. Um, some people think Lawrence of Arabia or, uh, you know, the apartment or, uh, God, there are some people, God help them who think Titanic, uh, belongs somewhere in there. Well, I actually, I could make a really annoying argument that, um, Avatar does. <laughs> well, and that was another one that, that, I mean, for a few reasons, it's, it should be in the conversation. I don't think it belongs in the five, but convert. It's in the conversation because high is grossing. Yes, uh, technologically significant, advanced the art form. Yes, I can't say much more for it than those. <laughs> that is that is truly the entire list. <laughs> yeah, that is all of it. But those things are not nothing. Um, <laughs> I, I hear you, man, and I'm not. I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to force no, your hand because can... I think what you're saying. I think what you're saying is actually very valid. I, I, I think more importantly, people put so much uh, emphasis on their top lists. You know, what's number one? What's number one? But it is art, and that's important to remember. Is that art is what you want it to be. Whenever you need it to be, art is what you are hoping it is. So, I'm with you. I agree. Yeah. You know, so it's it's one of those things. It's it's. I know it's annoying when I say it, when we say, oh, that movie is bad or this movie is bad when it's really we didn't like it. And I always harp on that and it's annoying, but that's why. That's why I feel that way. Movies are art, ostensibly, most of them. Um, I, and yeah, but some of them can be bad. Some of, look, there are, there are certain things that go into making a movie make sense. Like, that's one thing. That's one thing. But you know, if a movie just say Martha, checks, just just say Martha. Don't even go there. Just don't start. <laughs> say Martha. Come on, just do it once. Don't start. But if a movie checks the most basic of boxes, certain boxes says Martha. But then one can't say this is bad or this is good. It's you liked it or you didn't. Martha box. You know, and I think you'll find. I mean, you found like on our our top lists. It's, things that were significant to us either when yeah, we first it, saw them or have become significant over time it, it is it, and that's a really great point because as as we said with this half as with all comics in general you know geek stuff nerd stuff it's what is it is in the eye of the beholder yes. and you get the final call I, I one of our one of my good buddies i mentioned him almost every episode now just because his views are so weird uh but i still value them my, my buddy ej thinks that Batman v Superman is one of the greatest films of all time. 
He just does. Wow. And I, he is the I could try and America's opioid crisis, isn't he? <laughs> no, he's not. But are you sure? Uh, it sure not, sounds not, like it. He lives in Tampa, so it's possible. Um, yeah, <laughs> but that's to your point. That's to your point. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, that's we will we will vehemently disagree with him on that. But yes. So there you go. Um, so all right. So let's let's continue the conversation beyond this show. What is your? Who do you think are the top five athletes of all time? Well, what are your top five movies? We want to know. Tweet us. Where can they? Where can they tweet us, Rick? Oh, they can they can tweet right up my ass because that's apparently <laughs> where you goes. <laughs> wow. Okay. But if you must join the quote unquote conversation on Twitter which is apparently now just all about chapping the shit out of me. What do you mean? What's happened recently? I've been keeping tabs on this, I thought. Literally nothing, but I felt like really like making Quack do something for this oh, week. That's okay. all. Yeah, right. just, just reminding him that it's important that he... It's I mean, important yeah. that he insult you. <laughs> Somebody's got to keep this going. <laughs> Fair enough, Rick. No, uh, it, it's actually been a fun couple of weeks on the Twitter. People have been responding left and right, and that's been fun. And you can you can too join us on the Those Two Jerks farewell tour at Those Two Jerks. You can uh, always, of course, leave a message on the amazing voice box machine, which I guess no one has this week. Uh, this is that week. right? No, I mean no. I'll double check right now, but uh, I think Jesse's phone broke or something because. Well, I mean he, you know, he he only makes the payment once every three or four months. So. Oh, that explains why he didn't call us this week. Then, <laughs> I figured, you know, he sent me a message like, am I going to have, he didn't, uh, he was not really winning. Um, <laughs> I would, that... I thought he would have a, a, I wouldn't call it witty, but a retort. Oh my God. I'm trying to set him up over here and you're just over here crushing thought, him for I, no reason. I thought he would have a, a half baked, slightly not well reasoned retort. Uh, for me, but uh, not so much. No, uh, no. he's decided to hide. Um, oh my god! So, so that's fine. You can do that, and uh, I shall, I shall tap dance on your grave. <laughs> this is just ultimately going to lead to a chop fight between the two of you, isn't <laughs> it? Ladder match. Something. It's got to. Something's got to give. Where, what's what is hell in a cell? Is that still a thing? Oh, I was so hell in a cell for actual athletes is a thing for you too. It would probably just be sitting on my couch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it probably would. Well, you're both allergic to cats. Last I checked, so. no, I'm not allergic to cats. Oh well, he is. So advantage, Tom. <laughs> hey, there we go. We do the leather strap match. You can tie our hands together, I guess. Yeah, that's what it is. Tying your hands together. Is that what it is? It's not. What no, it's it, what it is. But and the I've... two of you, leather sounds terrible. Oh God, that does sound awful. Yeah. He really does. He both of you, both of you, sweating five minutes into the entire ordeal five before minutes. the bell is even rolling. It's going to take you that long to tie that thing because I'll tell you, I'll probably start sweating right away. <laughs> yes, you can join me at those two jerks, <laughs> uh, Tom. Uh, we we yes. mentioned how they can call in, and I'm sure oh, magically give them the number. I don't think three two one seventy six jerks. I don't there know. Jesse There's already has it on speed dial, so I guess that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> the other day, he tried to order a fucking pizza from us. I don't know. What that was about. <laughs> I think you know what that was about. <laughs> we have buffalo wings. Right? <laughs> 
Maybe if we did, we'd have more listeners, Tom. Have you thought of that? I, you know, it's possible. Maybe one of those lava things that Domino's throws in the oven if you want it. I don't know. <laughs> Um, now, if people want to contribute to the dumbening of America and continue their Facebook posts, Tom, are we on Facebook still? We are certainly on Facebook, and that's a really good way to tell us about your top five athletes or movies. We're at Facebook.com slash those two jerks. Make sure to click like on the page so you get the update every time we have a new episode. Or, you know, go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe instead of just clicking our link, because that would help us too. You can find all of that information at those2jerks.com. Or if you have a question, you can just email us, those2jerks at gmail.com. That's all for this mini-sode. We will be back next week with hopefully another numbered episode, one of the hashtag final ten. But for now, for the Sussman, Rick Sussman, and the absent Chris Vu, I am the Tom Alexander. And like I said, for at least ten more shows... Or until Rick realizes that Casablanca is better than Citizen Kane. <sighs> we will remain those two jerks. See you next time. Asshole.